This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Talking about the hand of God, when you want something moved, most of us, we use what? Our hand. And God is saying, I'm wanting to, to use my hands to get involved, to rearrange and change some things in your life. God is saying, I'm wanting my hand to be strong in your life. Say it. God wants his hand to be strong in my life. He wants his hand to be strong in my life. Think about what that looks like for you spiritually, relationally, financially, emotionally, vocationally. What, what would it look like for God to reach his hand into your situation and begin to rearrange and change things? Listen to this in Psalms 145, verse 15 and 16. It says, the eyes of all wait for you, looking, watching, expecting, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with favor. God opens his hand to the ones who are expecting him to open his hand. I want you to start expecting God to extend his hand. Expect the hand of God. In the Passion Translation, it says, You have captured our attention and the eyes of all look to you. You give what they hunger for at just the right time. When you open your generous hand, it's full of blessings, satisfying the longings of every living thing. God's hand is full of blessing. When God is saying, I'm wanting my hand to be strong in your life, he's saying, I, I don't want to stick my hand and have my fist clenched. He's saying, I want my hand to be open to my people. In the middle of disorder and chaos, if we're not distracted by what's going on in this world, we're in a time that God is extending his hand and he wants his hand to be strong in our physical bodies. He wants his hand to be strong in every area of our life. Say it, God wants his hand to be strong in my life. Listen to Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who by consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose, do super abundantly, far over above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. See, when God gets involved in our life, he always does exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to his power that's at work within us. Now, how does God's power work within you and I? So when we hear God's word, faith comes. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I've got to first ask myself, am I hearing God's word? Well, if I'm hearing God's word, part of faith is it rises, but then part of faith is I act. So how does God do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask, think, hope, desire, or pray? How does his power work within me? Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So pause, are you ashamed of God's word? 
Now, it's easy for us to say I'm not ashamed when we're in church, when we're in this setting, but am I ashamed Monday through Saturday? Am I ashamed the other six days of the week? Am I ashamed when I'm around my friends and family? I'm not saying be some religious nut that nobody can relate to you, but I'm saying, are you living God's word? Is it about relationship? This isn't a religious approach to God. It's is God's word working mightily in me? Because it says he is able, he's able, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all ask or think. When his power is at work within me, when his spirit is at work within me, when his word is at work within me, when I'm hearing his word, I'm receiving his word, I'm acting upon his word. There's not a lot of power seen in churches around the world that we travel to because they're only hearing God's word, but there's no action to God's word. We want to put God in a box and God, you only move the way I want you to move. So if you're uncomfortable with raising your hands, oh, you don't want God to move like that. If you're uncomfortable with people speaking in other tongues, you don't want God to move like that. If you're uncomfortable with God healing people and and opening blind eyes and opening deaf ears and raising uh, people and animals from the dead, I don't want to see that type of stuff. Yeah, it's in the Bible, but it makes me uncomfortable. Well, then the power's not working in you. You might be saved and if you were to die, you would go straight to heaven. But when the power's working, things change. When the power's working, things are different. When the power's working, I think different, I believe different, I act different. There's results in my life. I want the power of God to work in every one of our lives, don't you? I mean, deep down inside, even if you've been in religion for 60 years, 80 years, 100 years, you still desire the power of God. God is wanting to reach His hand into our life and to do things that we've never seen done before. He's the same. He changes not. His character nature does not change. But he's wanting to manifest things that only his hand can do. But it takes faith on our part to trust him for it, to ask him. Listen listen in Acts chapter 4 how the early church prayed. See, God is wanting his hand strong in our life. Acts chapter 4, verse 29 and 30. It says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Listen to this. This is the church, the same church that you and I are a part of. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. By stretching out your hand. God, stretch out your hand. When's the last time you've asked God to stretch out his hand in your physical body? To stretch out his hand when it comes to your family. To stretch out his hand when it comes to your finances. To stretch out his hand. God, you see what's going on in this world. You see what the enemy is doing. God, I'm asking you to help me be bold and help me not just speak God's word, but to do God's word. And God, I'm going to go a step further. Stretch out your hand that people know you're in me, with me, and for me. God, stretch out your hand. Say it. God, stretch out your hand. God, stretch out your hand. Acts chapter 11, verse 21 And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. See, when the hand of God is with us, people begin to notice. Things begin to change. 
God is saying, I want my hand strong in your life because God is wanting to change and rearrange things. God, stretch out your hand. When God's hand was with him, with them, it was noticeable, and people turned to the Lord. You know why God wants to show up in your life? Because it's not just about you. Yes, he loves us. He's a good dad. He wants to protect us and heal us and provide for us. But Romans 2, 4 says it's the goodness of God that turns people to repentance. See, when people know there's something different about you, things begin to change. They're drawn to God. You don't even have to say anything, and God will begin to work on their heart. God, stretch out your hand. Listen to what he said in the Amplified when he's saying the hand of the Lord was with them. Acts eleven twenty one through 23 in the Amplified, it says the presence of the Lord was with them with power, with power, so that a great number learned to believe, to adhere to, trust in, rely on the Lord, and turned and surrendered themselves to him. Pause. Am I truly surrendered to God? Are you truly surrendered to God? Because we can read the Bible and read it just like a novel and it doesn't do us any good. It's only the doers of God's word that gets results. So am I surrendered to him? Because I can't give something I don't have. Am I surrendered to him? And he goes on to say, then the rumors of this came to the ears of the church. So the people begin to notice that the hand of God was with them. And in the assembly in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and saw what grace, favor God was bestowing on them, he was full of joy. And he continuously exhorted, warned, urged, encouraged them all to cleave unto and remain faithful to a devoted to the Lord with resolute and steady purpose of heart. So Barnabas, which his name means son of encouragement. When the hand of God showed up, it got back to the head church in Jerusalem. And so they sent the son of encouragement to encourage people. Now listen, because this is, this is for you and I. Whenever you start seeing the hand of God, you're going to start experiencing the favor of God. When you start seeing the hand of God, you will start seeing the power of God. When you experience the hand of God, you will see things that you could, there's no way you could do what his hand can do in your life. And Barnabas, son of encouragement, began to encourage them. When you begin to see results, I encourage you to stay faithful to God. When you see his hand show up in your finances, in your physical body, in your business, in your calling, stay faithful to God. Don't change your pursuit of God just because you get some pressure relief. Don't change your pursuit of God just because somebody's in the White House. Don't change because circumstances change. Barnabas kept pointing them back to Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on the author, the developer, the finisher of your faith, who is Jesus. I'm a son of encouragement, wanting to encourage. As you begin to see the hand of God in your relationships, in your ministry, in your businesses, in your calling, in your assignment, don't you depart from what God is doing. Stay focused on the one who's extending his hand to you. Say it, God wants his hand strong in my life. Now look at Isaiah 66, 14. It says, when you see this, your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like green and tender grass. Listen to this. And the powerful hand of the Lord shall be revealed and known to be with his servants. But his indignation shown to be against his enemy. The powerful hand of the Lord shall be revealed and known to be with his servants. Listen to what he's saying. That the hand of God 
when it shows up in your life, it brings blessing to God's people, but it brings judgment to the enemy. It brings blessing to God's people. Indignation means wrath. God has already put his wrath on Jesus. He isn't putting his wrath on his church, on his family. He is not mad at you. He is not going to take you out. But judgment does come to the enemy. So when God is saying, I want my hand strong in your life, he's saying, I'm wanting to change and rearrange things to God's people. He says, the blessing is going to be revealed in your life. It's going to be revealed. Your heart is going to be strong. Your bones are going to flourish. You're going to realize it's the hand of God. But to the enemy, judgment comes to the adversary. Now, people are not our enemy. The enemy is the devil. John 10, 10, you can write this down, and I'll just read it to you in the Amplified. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Pause. That is the job of the devil. So you can draw a line. God does not employ the devil. So if it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it is the devil. It is not God. Listen to what Jesus said. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The word life is a Greek word that means the quality of life, the God kind of life. It doesn't mean the oxygen you're breathing through your nose. That's a part of it, but it's a quality of life here on earth. Jesus said, okay, draw a line. The devil steals, kills, destroy. I came to give you life and life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Now, Isaiah says that when God's hand shows up, blessing comes to God's people. Judgment comes to the enemy. The enemy is Satan. The enemy is anything that kills, steals, and destroys. Blessing to God's people, judgment to the adversary. You with me? Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So Paul is telling us people are not our problem. Flesh and blood are not our problem. Blessing to God's people, judgment to the adversary. God is saying in the midst of disorder and chaos, I'm going to extend my hand and I'm going to open freely and provide to those who are not moved by the disorder, chaos, and destruction. Blessing coming to me, judgment to the adversary. Say it. Blessing coming to me, judgment coming to the adversary. Now listen, this is in, this is in Acts. The, the Acts of the Apostles, what they refer to it, but it should be the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Acts 13, verses 9 through 13. But Saul, who is also called Paul, this is verses 9 through 11, who is called Paul, filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, looking steadily at Elymas and said, now listen, so you have a man that is filled with the Holy Spirit, influenced by the Holy Spirit, and he's addressing an individual that is influenced by the devil. Remember, people are not our problem. It is the spirits that influence people. So this is what Paul is dealing. He's dealing with a witch here. He's dealing with a sorcerer here. He's dealing with a man who gave, his name means wise man. He gave himself that name. And so Paul addresses him. You master in every form of deception... 
and recklessness and unscrupulousness and wickedness, you son of the devil, you enemy of everything that is upright and good, will you never stop perverting and making crooked the straight paths of the Lord and plotting against His saving purposes? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you will be blind, so blind that you will be unable to see the sun for a time. Instantly there fell upon him a mist and a darkness, and he groped about seeking persons who would lead him by the hand. See, when God's hand showed up, blessing came to the church, blessing came to the people of God, and judgment came to the adversary. Blessing, why, why do I keep repeating this? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have an very rarely have we even heard about the hand of God. Very rarely have we been taught about the word of God, or the hand of God. So it's important to realize when we're saying, God, stretch forth your hand, we're saying blessing to us, judgment to the adversary. It is time that the devil pays back everything that has been stole from the people of God. And it is going to be only by the hand of God, not by our might, not by our power, not by our own, our own abilities, only by the Spirit of God. And God is saying, I want my hand strong in your family. I want my hand strong in your business. I want my hand strong in your finances. I want my hand strong in your life. Say it. God wants his hand strong in me. Exodus chapter 3, verse 19 through 20. In the Amplified, it says, And I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless forced to do so. No, not by a mighty hand, so I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in it. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give the people favor and respect in the, in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be that when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. See, when God stretches forth his hand... It shuts the enemy down, and it brings favor to God's people. It brings respect to God's people. I'm encouraging you to start releasing your faith. God, stretch forth your hand in my business. Stretch forth your hand in my finances. Stretch forth your hand in my physical body. Stretch forth your hand in what I'm called to do. God, stretch forth your hand. Say it. God, stretch forth your hand. And he goes on to say, you will not go empty handed, but every woman shall insistently solicit of her neighbor and of her that may be residing at her house jewels and articles of silver and gold and garments, which you shall put on your sons and daughters, and you shall strip the Egyptians of belongings due you. See, when God's hand got involved, not only did it bring deliverance to God's people, but it brought restoration to God's people. When God's hand gets involved, not only does it bring payday to God's people, they'd been in bondage for 430 years. Several million people walk out of Egypt with payback from generations of bondage from the enemy. And what God is saying, I'm wanting to stretch forth my hand. Notice, I will stretch forth my hand. I will. I, I will. Letting us know it is His will. I will do this. I will. I will. Say it. He will. Let's keep reading. Psalms 105, verse 37. It says, he also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribe. 
So when God brought out the children of Israel, he stretched forth his hands and delivered them from the Egyptians. And they went out. It says that they brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among their tribes. God did not bring them out with them having bandages around their head and them dragging a leg and them on crutches saying, ah, can you help me? Can you help me? Now, when God's hand was involved, out of millions, not one of them was sick. Out of millions, not one of them was lacking. Millions of people. When God's hand was stretched forth and God is saying in this time, I'm wanting to stretch forth your hand. I'm wanting to do things that is undeniable. I'm wanting to do things. The devil might have done things for your family for decades, but my hand is going to change and rearrange things. But it's going to take our faith connected to his goodness. Our faith releasing um, God stretch forth your hand. Say it, God stretch forth your hand. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 30 and 31. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is hungry, but if he is found out, he must restore seven times what he stole. He must give the whole substance of his house, if necessary, to meet his fine. Just like the Egyptians had to pay back the bondage, the, the back pay, the things that they held from God's people. God is saying, I'm wanting to stretch forth my hand. And he's saying, it's time for you to remind the devil of everything that he stole. You've, he's been found out. And whatever has been stole, he has to repay seven times. Say seven times. But it's going to be by the hand of God. Make him pay what he stole from you. I'm, I'm, I'm de developing my faith. I heard one guy say, I'm going to get so expensive that the devil doesn't want to mess with me. I want to get so developed in this that I'm too expensive for the devil to mess with. He has to repay seven times. God wants his hand strong in our life. So when God's hand shows up, favor shows up. When God's hand shows up, grace shows up. When God's hand shows up, deliverance shows up. When God's hand shows up, recompense, restoration, healing, wholeness. God, stretch forth your hands as signs and wonders are done in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. God, stretch forth your hand. Exodus 13, verse 3. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. By strength of hand. God wants his hand strong in our life. Say it. He wants his hand strong in my life. Exodus 13, verse 14 and 16. So it shall be when your sons ask you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him, By strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and it shall be as a reminder upon your hand or as frontlets between your eyes. For by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. By a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. By a strong hand. The Lord brought us. He's saying, remember, see, what they would do is they would, they would tie these boxes upon their wrist or they would tie these things in between their eyes and they would say, what, what's that about? And they would remember, God brought us out of Egypt by his hand. God parted the Red Sea by his hand. God provided manna from heaven by his hand. When God's hand showed up, things began to change and God is saying, I'm asking you to ask me to stretch forth my hand because I'm wanting to change and rearrange things. God, stretch forth your hand. 
It's a reminder from generation to generation. Remember, there's so much power in remembering what God has done in your life. Remember the day that you accepted Jesus. God stretched forth his hand to you. Remember that with the day that your life was spared, he stretched forth his hand. The days that he had provided, the days that he had done miracles in your life. Remember what God has done in your life. How many of you has God done something good in your life? He's saying, remember. Remember, there's power in remembering. Numbers 11, verse 23. And the Lord said to Moses, Has the Lord's hand, his ability and power become short, thwarted, inadequate? I want to read it again. Has the Lord's hand, his ability and power become short, thwarted, or inadequate? You shall see now whether my words shall come to pass for you or not. Has the Lord's hand, ability, or power shortened? What's the answer? Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? What's the answer? So if anything, if nothing is too hard for the God that we served and his hand has not shortened, then how am I going to think? How am I going to believe? If I truly believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if I truly believe that God is God and He does not change, if I truly believe that His hand has not shortened, His ability has not weakened, His power hasn't depleted, if I truly believe that He's the same, when His hand shows up in my life, things are going to change. God, stretch forth your hand. Say it. Stretch forth your hand. In every area of our life. 1 Samuel 13. So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The hand of the Lord was against the enemy all the days of Samuel. Samuel was a faithful man. Samuel was a praying man. Samuel was a committed man. And when he asked God to stretch forth his hand, the enemy could not come into his territory because of God's hand. God, I'm asking you to stretch your hand upon our businesses. Stretch your hands upon our family. Stretch your hands. God, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. Psalms 78, verse 41 and 42 and time and again, they turned back and tempted God, provoking and incensing the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not seriously the miracles of the working of His hand, nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. Notice, they limited the unlimited one. How? Because they did not remember the working of His hand. They limited the unlimited one because they did not remember what God had done. They did not remember how merciful God had been. They did not remember how gracious God had been. They did not remember that God was a cloud by day and a fire by night. They did not remember that he was Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and provides. They did not remember that he was Jehovah uh, Rapha, the God who is the healer. They did not remember who God was and it limited God from showing up in their life. Where are you and I limiting God because we're not remembering all the good that he's done in our life? Look at your neighbor and say, remember. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, Jabez was honorable above his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez, sorrow maker, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, I, I want you to picture this. This time when they, all the names had meanings and names are powerful. 
And so she had a very difficult time giving birth to Jabez. And because of her pain, because of her sorrow, she named him Jabez, sorrow maker. So every time this young man heard his name, from the time he could realize what was happening, Jabez, come here, sorrowful pain maker, come here. Jabez, take out the trash. Sorrowful pain maker, take out the trash. Jabez, let the horses out. Jabez, did you make your bed? Well, she's saying sorrow, pain, pain, sorrow. This is who you are. This is what your destiny is. She was prophesying over her son. This is who you are. Sorrow and pain is your future. But Jabez got to the point where he knew there was something more. And you and I, I don't care how religious you are, if you will get quiet in the presence of God, you know deep down in here there is something more. There's more of the presence of God. There's more of the power of God. There's more of the goodness of God. There's more than what I've seen up to this point. And Jabez gets to this point in verse 10. And he says, Jabez cried to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me, and you would keep me from evil so it might not hurt me. And God granted his request. And God granted his request. Are you to the point that you're fed up with life the way that it's always been? Because if we keep doing what we've always done, we're going to get the results we've always had. Jabez cried unto the Lord, and what did he say? Bless my parakeet, water my grass. Now I lay me down to sleep. No, that's not what he said. He didn't give him some token prayer. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. No, he said, God, 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 mom has been calling me painful and sorrow all my life. My friends have been calling me pain and sorrow all of my life. My life is a mess. I feel worthless. I feel hopeless. I feel like I'm no good. Everybody thinks I'm no good. Everybody's talking no good. Everything seems to be no good. But God... I'm asking you to stretch forth your hand. God, it's your hand that blesses me. God, it's your hand that enlarges me. God, it's your hand that increases my influence. God, it's your hand. And I'm asking you, when your hand shows up, because it's going to tick some people off, Lord, keep me from evil, that it doesn't hurt me. And God granted his request. What request are you asking of God? What are you asking? Are you asking God to bless you? Are you asking God to enlarge your business? Are you asking God to enlarge your territory? Are you asking God to increase your influence, offer his glory? God, are you asking God to, in the middle of whatever pandemic is going on in the world, that he is my refuge, he is my fortress, he is my high tower, and I abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and it will Will not come near me in the name of Jesus. And God granted his request. God granted his request. And if he did it for Jabez, Acts 10.34 says God is no respecter of person. If he did it for him, he'll do it for me. Hebrews 8.6 says that we have a better covenant built upon better promises. God did this for Jabez and we have a better covenant. Better, say better. Better, he did it for the children of Israel, but we have a better covenant. He's no respecter of person. God, bless me. Why? Offer your glory. You're blessed to be a blessing. 
God, enlarge my territory. Why? Because you're going to, the more people you reach, the more you're going to point them to God. God, put your hand upon my life. Why? Because the more your hand is upon my life and the signs and wonders, the blessings, the people know that it's you, I'm going to point them directly to you. God, keep me from the enemy because I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to go. God, this is what I'm asking you. And the same way you answered his prayer, I'm expecting you to answer my prayer. And God granted his request. And God granted his request. And the Bible says that John, there was no greater prophet than John in the Old Testament, up to then, you and I are greater than what we saw them operate in the Old Testament. Why? You're a born-again child of God. He is not just with you. God is in you. We have a better covenant built upon better promises, but we want to leave God in this little bitty box. Say no more. 1 Kings 18, verse 45, 46. In a little while... The heavens were black with wind, swept clouds. Now, what's happening? They've been on a three-year drought. Elijah tells his servant, I want you to go, and I want you to look for clouds. Seven times he goes up to the cliff. He comes back. I don't see anything. He says, do it again. He goes out, looks for clouds. Don't see anything. The seventh time he comes back, and he says, I see the cloud the size of a man's fist. And the prophet Elijah says, you better tell them they better get their chariots together because rain's coming. Say it, rain's coming. And this is where he picked this up. In a little while, the heavens were black with wind, swept clouds, and there was a great... Now, pause, because somebody needs to hear this. How did this take place? Not because of just it being God's will. A man had to release it upon the earth. Elijah was a man like you and I. James chapter 5, verse 16 says he had the same features as you and I, but he was a righteous man. It says our prayers avail much just like his prayers availed much. And Elijah said it would rain and God worked with his word to bring rain upon the earth. God wants to work with your words. What are you saying about your situation? What are you saying about your finances? What are you saying about your family? What are you saying about your death? What are you saying? Because you're snared by the words of your mouth. The power of life and death is in the tongue. You will have what you say. If you say you're stupid, guess what your future looks like? But if you say you've got the mind of Christ, you say you're skilled in learning, skilled in knowledge, ten times smarter than all, just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, guess what your future looks like? God works with the power of your words. So here we are. We pick this up in a little while. The heavens were black with wind, swept clouds, and there was a great rain, and Ahab went to Jezreel. Pause. Ahab was a king. And at this time, the kings, they had, I mean, they had the best, like our trucks or whatever your favorite vehicle is. The kings, they just didn't have two horses in a chariot. They had four horses in a chariot. So Ahab gets in his chariot, four horses, and he takes off heading towards Jezreel. He's going fast, four horses in a chariot. I mean, that is the, the motorized vehicle of the day. But listen to what happens. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrances of Jezreel nearly 20 miles. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrances of Jezreel. When the hand of God comes upon your life, things begin to accelerate. I'm expecting the hand of God to begin to make up for lost time in our families, our businesses, whatever area the devil has 
has stolen from you, what he's kept back from you. When you begin to command the hand of God, you begin to commission the hand of God, you begin to ask God, stretch forth your hand, things will begin to accelerate. You think about God's hand came upon Elijah and he outran horses and a chariot. What does it look like when God's hand gets upon your life, your business, what you're called to do? God, stretch forth your hand. Let's keep going. In John 15, now I want us to think about what did Jabez request? God, bless me. God, enlarge my territory. God, that your hand is with me. God, that you keep me from evil. The four things that Jabez asked. God, bless me. God, increase my territory. God, that your hand is with me. God, keep me from evil. And God answered his request. Now, John 15, this is Jesus talking. 15 verses 7 through 8. It says, and if it's not on there, you might just write it down. John 15, 7 through 8. In the New King James Version, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Remember, so what does he say? And God granted his request. Jesus is telling you and I, as we abide in what God says about him stretching forth his hand, his word abides in us, we abide in him. We're not playing church. We're not being religious. We're not asking something off the wall. We're asking for God's word, which is God's will. And he says, his father is glorified when you and I bear much fruit. Say much fruit. In other words, there's manifestation in our life. Another word for fruit is manifestation. Another word for fruit is your prayers answered. Another word for fruit is God's super coming upon your natural. Another word for fruit is God's hand changing and rearranging things because we're abiding in Him. We're in relationship with Him. We're not looking at God as a lucky rabbit's foot or a genie in a bottle. You know, ew, 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 you know, He comes out, your wish is my command. We're not looking at God that way. No, we're living, we're in relationship with him and we're getting the heart of our father who's saying, I want my hand strong in your life. John 16, 23 and 24, remember, and he granted his request. John 16, and on that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Remember what um, Jabez said, and God granted him his request. He tells you and I to ask the father in the name of Jesus, and it's given to us so that our joy is full. Now, where does this, how can we be confident that God wants his hand to show up in our life? First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15. You can write these down. In the Amplified, listen to what it says. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will. Now, how do we know the will of God? by the Word of God. If we don't know what His Word says, we don't know His will. We discover the will of God by the Word of God. So if I'm asking something according to His will, then I'm asking according to His Word. So in other words, I found it in His Word, and I'm asking according to His Word. 
And this is what he says. Um, according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know was settled in absolute knowledge that we have granted us our present position, possessions, the request made of him. So he says, okay, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So we found in God's word, and this is just the beginning, we found it is God's will for him to stretch forth his hand. Correct? He says, so this is the confidence. And the Amplified, this is the assurance. This is the boldness. This is the certainty that we have approaching God because we're asking according to his will, his word. God, stretch forth your hand. And he says, if I know that I'm asking according to his word, then I know that he hears me. How many of you want to know that God hears you? Well, then ask according to his word. I know that he hears me. Then I know that I have what I'm asking him according to his word. He says, this is the confidence that you and I should have. Isaiah 45, verse 11. This is very powerful here. Say, he wants his hand strong in my life. Isaiah 45, verse 11. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, His Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning, listen to this, concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Concerning the work of my hands, you command me. That takes a lot of reverence, a lot of respect to command the Lord. That's why it's so important for you to know why you're here, why you're created the way you're created, why you're wired the way you're wired, why you're designed the way you're designed. What is God's plan for your life? Because if you truly don't know what God's will is for your life, it's going to be very difficult for you to truly release your faith. God, I'm commanding you to stretch forth your hand to change and rearrange this situation. How could Moses say, God, stretch forth your hand because he knew the will of God? How could David say, God, stretch forth your hand because he knew the will of God? How can you and I say, God, stretch forth your hand because we know the will of God? We know that God is good. He's only good. God is not bringing disease and sickness. So God, stretch forth your hand against my adversaries. We know that God is not bringing lack and things that still kill and destroy. God, stretch forth your hand against my adversary. Command the works of my hand. The word command means to commission. God is saying, I need you to commission me to get involved in your life. Well, I thought God was all-powerful and he could do whatever he wants. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. But there is a way that he does things. And he's saying, you command my hand in your situation. You command my hand when it comes to your future. You command my hand to get involved. You command my hand. This is why in the book of Acts, this is why they could pray this way. Acts 4, 29 and 30. We're getting ready to be done. 
Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, by stretching forth your hand to heal. How could they say that with boldness? Because they knew it was God's will to heal. They knew it was God's will to deliver. They knew it was God's will to provide. They knew it was God's will to show up. God, stretch forth your hand. And I'm encouraging you and I tonight to stay in the process of getting our mind renewed to this word that God wants his hand strong in my life. Not just in the early church, not just with Moses, not just with David, not just with Jabez. I want God involved in my life. Trey is asking, God bless me, enlarge my territory, put your hand upon my life, accelerate it just like you did Elijah. God, keep me. And God grants our request. Say it, he grants my request. He wants his hand strong in my life. One more scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. He says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Notice it does not say God will humble you. Nowhere in the New Testament do you see God humbling anybody. He tells us, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In other words, humble means get in agreement with God. Humility is, I'm going to say what God says. Humility is, I'm going to do what God says. Humility is, I'm going to get in agreement with God. It is very humble to agree with what God says about you. You know what he says about you? He says you're an overcomer. He says you're victorious. He says you're triumphant. He says you're forgiven. He says you're healed. He says you're blessed. That is true humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. What has he said about you? Because if we will come together and lock in with God, he's saying, I'm wanting to stretch my hand. And when my hand gets involved, I am going to exalt you in due time. God is fixing to start doing things or we're going to see that he's going to change and rearrange things all for the glory of God. We are the modern day Jabez's. We once were sorrowful and living in pain. Our life was a wreck. But now God has granted our request and God is blessing us and increasing our territory all for the glory of God. We are humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And God is going to exalt us in business. He's going to exalt us in our area of gifting. He's going to exalt us in what we're called to do. And he is saying, command my hand to get involved in your family. Command my hand to get involved in your finances. Command my hand right now. Command my hand. I want to pray over you. And I want you to release your faith with us commanding God's hand. Remember, this is a place of relationship. This is a place of surrender that God, I'm surrendering my heart. I'm surrendering every area of my life to you, and I'm just going to act obedient to your word. Okay, I want to pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person at the sound of my voice, and I ask you to stretch forth your hand into their family, stretch forth your hand into their eyesight, stretch forth their, your hand into their stomach. Right now, I declare ulcers you dissipate. Stretch forth your hand in their bones. I see shoulders being loosened up in the name of Jesus. I ask you to stretch forth your hand in their relationships. Stretch forth. I see eyesight opening right now 
now in the name of Jesus because you're stretching forth your hand. Opportunities open up. Jobs, increases coming. Promotions coming because your hand is getting involved. Bringing judgment to the adversary. Devil, you listen to me. Everything you've stole from these people, everything you've stole from our families, it is payback time. You've been found out and you must repay seven times in Jesus' name. Now I command you to march it into our life in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, I ask you to continually, day and night, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand that all the world knows that you're good. Stretch forth your hand that all the world knows that you're healer, that you're protector, that you're provider. God, I'm asking you to stretch forth your hand and you get all the honor and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.